3: Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 5 Eastern, 12 to Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at FoxSportsRadio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a good day. I know you're having a good day. Do you know why? (laughs) I know exactly why you're having a good day. Oh, the Doug Gottlieb Show broadcast live from the Tireac.com studios. Tireac.com, will help you get there. Unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection. Over 10,000 recommended installers. Tireac.com, sway tire buying should be. You know why you're having a good day? You know why? Lorena, why are you having a good day today?
2: Um, Should I say it? Because I'm celebrating, Doug.
3: No, that's not why. Well, oh. uh, that's uh, not, not that thing. That, uh, um, why is no. America having a good day?
0: Because it's a holiday?
3: Mm, okay. Uh, Dan Beyer, why is America having a good day today? Because the Cowboys lost.
4: That's the lie. The Cowboys okay, lost. Okay, no it. one's
2: having a good day over here from that. Thank you very much, Doug. That's a great day.
3: Oh, my goodness. Setting your watch to the Cowboys loss in the playoffs and the meltdown that ensues is one of the great joys of American society. Think about it. Think about your favorite things that happen seemingly every year. Right? Go through it. You know, yeah, I mean, Christmas is amazing. Right? Family and gifts and the holiday. Plus, you got sports. Um. You know, I I love it when it's uh, beautiful and sunny outside, and finally that first day where it feels like summer. But that Monday after the Cowboys lose in a playoff Sunday, well, that's a good day. (laughs) That's a good day. I don't know why. I don't hate the Cowboys. I don't love the Cowboys. But damn, I love watching them lose, knowing my job's going to be kind of fun, because... You know, unless you're a Cowboys fan, you take great joy in it. I'm trying to like rack my. Bra- I have some thoughts on it, Jay. Stu, why do you think that so many people enjoy watching the Cowboys lose?
5: Um, because if if you're going to call yourself America's team, there's there's a there's a presumption there. You're you're assuming that everybody loves you. It, you can't call yourself that. And I think there's a natural resentment. From everybody who doesn't like the Cowboys to hate them even more. And plus their owner and their quarterback, they're easy to hate, right?
3: Dak Prescott's easy to hate?
5: Yeah, I, I root for him to fail. I'm not sure I'm not sure why. I think it's something about the the disingenuineness, the phony.
3: You think he's you think he's Russell Wilson?
5: He's not quite there yet, but no, it, I I never quite believe a word he says.
3: Hmm. Uh Dan Byer, why do you think people enjoy watching the Cowboys fail?
1: Jerry Jones is the reason I think. What about him? They just don't like him. They they think he's arrogant. Um, they haven't liked him for years. That's why.
3: Okay. I, I think that's really... I, I think it's overall arrogance. That that would be my, my thing. You know, Cowboy fans are arrogant. Now, part of it is Cowboy fans... You know, many of them who are our age, um, you know, in the mid-90s, in the middle of our either young adulthood or childhood, they were the best, okay, they were the best on earth, and it wasn't really close, and they became super arrogant about it, and they've been kind of living on that for a long time, Um and I th- do I think Jerry Jones is arrogant? Like, yeah, but he doesn't strike me as, like, the most arrogant owner. Um, I don't know. It's it'd, it'd be a really good case study to try and, like, hey, why do you hate the Cowboys? Like, I don't know. I just hate them. I, and, and even their fans, like, why do we hate – like, uh, okay, we hate their fans, but we hate everybody's fans. Eagles fans are much more hateable because they're just nasty. They just – they're not – they don't seem like good human beings with the things they say to other players. But maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm taking a small percentage of it. But, like, the Eagles fans, like, they know no one likes them. They don't actually care. Cowboy fans, nobody likes them. And they're like, it's just because they love their team. Right? It just strikes me as super interesting that, and I'm I'm just as big a culprit. I walked into a Buffalo Wild Wings with my son yesterday, and we walk in, and it's the first quarter, and we're watching this debacle take place, and we're both just cackling with joy, and then we're on social media, and we're watching the memes and all this other stuff, and we're like, this is really happening, and I, I don't know, like... I think there's a Notre Dame football aspect to it, a Duke basketball aspect to it. But Duke has been more successful here the last 20 years than the Cowboys. Notre Dame football, frankly, has been probably a little bit more successful than the Cowboys. But whatever it is, I don't know, we just take great joy in it. Now, there's a lot of different layers to it, and I want to we'll, we'll dig in with our guests we'll ask as well. It does feel like the very easy call is to fire Mike McCarthy. And part of it is I don't want to say he took the job under false pretenses, but it's it there was a lot of BS when he took the job. Right? Remember he was the guy who came out and said, Hey, I watched every snap of every play that the Cowboys ran the last year when I was out of work. And then when he got the job, he's like, Yeah, not really. You know? Not really. Um and remember this was his year where he was calling the plays. And they had an outstanding offense. And they had a great offense last year when he wasn't calling the plays, when Kellen Moore was calling the plays. Here's Mike McCarthy summing up the loss.
1: Clearly the, the best thing they did, uh, my opinion, coming in was the deep play action game. And then, you know, obviously the, the protection was there. Um, he was able to buy time, extend plays. And, uh, you yeah, know, we just, um, you know, we gave up too many of them. We did not play to... Through our capabilities, um, the way we've been playing, particularly at home, uh, and we're disappointed.
3: So there's a lot to it, and, and I wanna, I'll get more into this in the podcast, but I do think that one thing we can't lose sight of is Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers went in and whooped their ass. Like, that happened. I, I understand that I'm a sports radio host. I've been doing this a long time, been doing this for twenty one years. I get you don't bury the lead. The lead is the Cowboys. What do you do with Dak? What do you do with McCarthy? Uh, you know, what does Jerry Jones do? He's he's the wild card in this whole thing, right? But the maybe the story should be Jordan Love. Should be the Packers coaching staff. Look, that defense, I mean, Bayer can tell you because Not only does he obviously do this and host his own show on Sundays, but he hosts a fantasy podcast. Like, you'd always want to pick a guy who was playing against the Packers because the Packers' defense stinks. (laughs) It's not a good – it has not been a good unit this year. And they made two gigantic plays on pick sixes that forever changed history. Uh, And Jordan Love, who came into the season with a ton of naysayers, Right? Like Colin saying, and Colin said what he had heard from a lot of people. Kid can't play. And there were times this year where you're like, I'm not sure he can play. And if you want to say that the Packers truly believe, did they? His contract for next year was an extension. It's $8 million. He, he They didn't pick up his fifth year. They didn't offer him a long-term extension. It's $8 million. That's backup. That's high-level backup money. No one knew if he could play. And there were times this year we didn't. He balled out. The team played well. The defense stepped up. The Packers, they feel like a footnote in this story because the story is the Cowboys. Here's Mike McCarthy when asked about his job status.
1: Jerry had said we'll take it game by game regarding your job status. Do you think this could lead to a coaching change? Um, I think the biggest thing is, you know, we're – we're disappointed. Um, I got a whole whole team in the, in the locker rooms. It's that's hurting, and uh, that's you know, I, I haven't thought past you know the outcome of this
3: game. I actually think that's a fair. I think that's a fair answer. Uh, Tim Callishaw obviously asked the question. You can tell by Tim's voice, but I, I think that's a totally fair answer, right? Like, hey man, I, I we I just dude, I don't know. And it's interesting, you know. The easy thing is always to replace the coach. And I like, there's a lot of answers out there. I would love to see Belichick with that team. I think that would be amazing. right? You bring the winningest NFL coach ever into a team that has, wants to say they're America's team, but hasn't been able to win in the playoffs since the mid nineties. Right. But we have to have a Dak Prescott discussion, don't we? He was bad. Like their team, I would say, if I was, if I was honest, I thought the Packers played to win and the Cowboys came in kind of arrogant to, to, to Dan Byers point. And at some point they got super tight and then it became to not lose. And, uh, you know, what was it? What was the, what did Mater say in, um, in cars, right? Like you, you can't, You can't go forward looking in your rearview mirror. I forget what Maynard said. It's been a long time since I watched Cars, although it's a great movie. Great flick. The point is, the Cowboys, they got thumped. And like at some point, and I know you're going to sit there and go like, well, Dak threw for 400 yards. He had two pick sixes in the first half. That thing was kind of a wrap. It's kind of a wrap. But when you put it on the back of how he played in San Francisco this year, how he played in the playoffs when they lost last year, Like, how many times are we going to do this to where you're like, you know, we're asking something of a guy who might just not be good enough at it. And and there is a, a reasonable fear of, hey, we have a quarterback. He's good. Do you know how hard it is to find the next quarterback? I get it. I do. I understand. You have a lot of sweat equity with Dak Prescott. But when people say everything's on the table, everything has to be on the table. Here's Jerry Jones on coach and player changes after a game like this. I don't uh, want to get into uh, any uh,
6: of the uh, addressing of any aspects of any part of it. from the coaching to the players to what's around the corner, on a personal basis, I'm floored, and so not that there's any world's smallest violin for me being floored. I get that, I understand that, and I know where the responsibility starts and ends, and I've got that real clear, and I know that. But that's not the point. The point is that I'm disappointed for everybody.
3: Yeah, I think that's as sound and as measured as you're ever going to hear Jerry Jones. And people only sound that way, okay, when they're in shock, in mourning, or they're angry, right? Right. You You, you speak at a normal cadence— when you're loose and when you're okay with things. When you don't, when you're really upset or you're really, you've gone through something really traumatic or you're really upset, you measure your words and you say things like this. Did, did anybody, Jay Stu, did you hear that? Like you're pretty good. I mean, obviously you've been doing audio stuff for a long time. Like, did you hear that at all? Like it feels there's an inner anger, shock sort of uh, 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 thing to his voice.
5: Yeah, no, I think there's a, there's a, I think there's a lot of that. But I also think that Jerry Jones um, is going to talk to people close to him, whether it be former players, former coaches. And I think he's also an owner that reads the tea leaves. I think he's going to see and listen. I think he's going to be doing a lot of listening over the next couple of days. Uh, that's what it feels like to me when I hear that sound.
3: Um, it's crazy. Okay, so if you were going to ask me, what would you do? I, this is an easy one to me. It's a real easy one to me. I fire Mike McCarthy. I hire Bill Belichick. Be, be, listen, is there an issue with fit? Sure. Is there an issue with egos? Okay, fine. Like all of that stuff. But if you want the best outcome, you hire the best. I mean, again, this is a small aside, but Belichick is famous for you know, in practice, watering footballs, doing all these things condition-wise, whatever. And Mike McDaniels, Dallas Cowboys, I mean, I mean, uh, Miami Dolphins lose to the Kansas City Chiefs. And they never, they didn't go up to Kansas City early and practice in the cold. and say they practiced in 70 degrees. And they look like a team that practiced in 70 degrees playing in negative 30 degrees, right? Like, I don't know if they would have won that game, but it's in terms of preparation. Like, you have, you have a guy who's literally done everything you want to accomplish and he's out of work it's not that hard and then you allow him to decide can you win with Dak that's what I do I understand he's older I understand he's a curmudgeon I understand that there's all, you know, all kinds of things like and oh yeah by the way how great would it be for the people who hate the Dallas Cowboys because if you hate the Dallas Cowboys you'd probably think Bill Belichick cheated his way to six Super Bowl titles and nine Super Bowl appearances I didn't say it's an easy fix, but that is an easy adjustment to make. How can you possibly wake up in the morning, look yourself in the mirror and say, okay, I got a guy who's won one Super Bowl and I struggle with some of his decision making, but I bought into it. I can keep him. I can fire him and hire anybody. And I have a guy who's the most qualified, the most successful, motivated to prove people wrong that he's got one more run in him. And I don't hire him.
4: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
3: Hey, are you traveling to one of the big conference tourneys in Nashville or Minneapolis this March? Well, you should do yourself a favor and do what I do, which is stay at Graduate Hotels. You know, Bridgestone Arena and Target Center. Their, their hotels are both really close to the tournament venues, and they're obsessed with college sports, just like me. Each graduate hotel is like a shrine to its hometown and the local college team, but in a good way. Lots of cool details for alumni, vintage sports throwbacks, nods to campus legends, school mascots, colors, whatever. Remember, you can book today, and here's how you do so. 30% off with the promo code Doug at graduatehotels.com.
0: Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shana's at Meta.com slash Metaverse Impact.
6: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern. Only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming
3: this summer. Shortly after the show, our podcast will be going up. If you missed any of today's show, be sure to check out the podcast. Just search Doug Gottlieb wherever you get your podcasts. Also... Download subscribe rate, review the podcast again, just search Doug Gottlieb wherever you get your podcast you'll see today's show posted right after we get off the air
5: hey Doug yes, all right so uh this was altered images happy birthday nineteen eighty one my favorite yeah. birthday song ever happy birthday to you happy birthday to m l k
3: happy birthday to my dear friend Matt holiday former saint louis cardinal grade um Happy birthday to uh, Oklahoma State freshman Eric Daly, kid I really like to my interactions with. But, yeah, thank you, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Um, which John Hughes movie was this on? Was it on – it was on 16 Candles, wasn't it?
5: Ooh, that might be a good call. I think, I think you're right.
3: Because, you know, they all kind of come together. They're all kind of similar genre. Chicago, that era. Ferris Bueller. It wasn't on Ferris Bueller's. I, it wasn't on um, uh, Breakfast Club. I don't think it was on Pretty in Pink. I think it was Sixteen Candles.
5: I'm gonna I'm gonna um, look that up. Okay. Charles Robinson's on hold.
3: Great, uh, Charles Robinson joins us, senior NFL reporter on Yahoo Sports. Of course, he's got his own podcast. It's a good one, the Zero Bits Blitz podcast. So, you did the uh, two Texas games, right? Houston and Dallas. The Houston game feels like a week ago because the Cowboys yeah. lost to the Packers at home. With Jordan Love at quarterback. There's a bunch to get into. And honestly, I, Charles, you know how this works. Like, I'd love to spend a whole podcast or hour talking about the Jordan Love Green Bay Packers thing. But, like, let's not bury the lead. Yeah. Uh, what went so wrong for the Cowboys?
4: Wow, that's uh, what didn't go wrong. I mean, come on. <laughs> at the point when your, your kicker who's, you know, absolutely stone reliable is doinking an extra point. That was when I was like, literally now everything's gone off. Like Dan Quinn called his worst game of the season. You could go down, up and down the roster with all those all pro players, almost all of them were terrible. Micah Parsons disappeared. Dak Prescott was jittery, you know, just looked out of sorts. A lot of the game, Uh, Ceedee lamb was, you know, until Jair Alexander suffered the ankle injury, looked completely frustrated with, uh, you know, he's just getting kind of pushed around. He's getting muscled. you know, kind of, uh, just bullied a little bit by Alexander. Um, you know, I just, I, the way Mike McCarthy called the game, you know, early on, you could kind of just feel the script, the script early on was so obvious and just um, it, it wasn't until they got into desperation mode where it's like, Hey, now let's go tempo and open it up. And clearly they, they shrunk it down to, you know, a handful of plays when they go tempo, basically two minute. And then they started scoring points, and you're like, you probably should have done this when it was 27 to nothing, <laughs> like maybe, or, or maybe even when it was 14 to nothing. I mean, it was um, complete and total utter disaster uh, for for the Cowboys. This to me was, uh, you know, we we have these planning meetings every Tuesday, and I I've been telling people all season long, I'm like, I know they're doing great. All these players, oh, it looks like it's all coming together. Awesome. None of this matters. I was like, the, what really matters, I, I if you look at the true stat, if you look at Jason Garrett's last 64 games in Dallas in the regular season and Mike McCarthy's first 64, I think they're identical. I think they're exactly identical in terms of the win-loss. And uh, so to me, I'm like, okay, well, if that didn't work with Jason Garrett, uh, you know, what, do you, what are you trying to get over? You're trying to get over the hump in the playoffs. And you can't lose to a Green Bay team that is – far less talented, at least right now in terms of where they're at in their careers, far less experienced. Um but when you saw the two teams come out after the first couple of series, I was like, man, you know what? Green Bay's like they're loose. Like they're they're happy to be here. Super loose. Playing wide open. That you take the ball when you win the coin toss. You know, how about how about Matt Lafleur going? All right, yeah, we're, let's not fall behind on the road at you know a stadium where they're sixteen and zero in their last sixteen games. Let's let's take the ball first and go down and score. And then you could just see Dallas. I was like, man, they're tight. You could see right away they were playing extremely tight, very conservative on offense early, which is a little surprising. And it just, man, it, what a. I, I afterward, I, I saw Ed Werder in the hallway, and I just said to Ed, I'm like, hey, this is. Uh, most most embarrassing like loss in in McCarthy's tenure, and Werder was like, "What do you mean McCarthy's tenure?" He's like, "This is like the most embarrassing loss, like maybe in Dallas history. Like you just can't have this happen in the playoffs."
3: Okay, so when that happens, there's always a reaction. Uh sure. There's a lot of ancillary stuff, staff that you can get rid of, um, or you can fire McCarthy, or you can move on from Dak what do you, let's start with McCarthy Bill Belichick's sitting out there out of work, right yeah you want to win a Super Bowl that guy's won six of them six of them been to nine of them What do you think Jerry is on on coaching?
4: So the interesting thing about um Belichick he and he and Jerry have a good relationship like there's a lot of mutual respect there and Jerry um it's just, you know people have talked about this story over the last couple of years, but I remember a few years back Jerry was on you know his, his weekly radio show and he brought up um, running into Bill Belichick after Belichick had been fired by the Cleveland Browns they've had this chance meeting and Belichick telling him like hey you know don't forget about me I can still coach and this is when Bill was out of a job at that time and Jerry recounted like you know I've thought about that story you know that meeting a number of times over the years and to me that kind of resonates where you know you you know clearly hes thought, as he watched, Bill did what he did in New England. You know, hey, I've gone through a number of coaches here. I can't get back to the mountaintop. Maybe that was something that that chance meeting. I should have paid a little closer attention. Than I did. I think it was a 99 when it happened. And um, you know, so I think the thing is with Belichick, and everybody's bringing up Bill right now. What's interesting about Belichick is people who everybody knows, short window with him, and it's got to be a team that really truly is ready to go right now. Like Basically what you want is to bring him in, and he would institute a, a level of structure and a level of um, just approach to the game and then detailed planning where he could look at the players and go, the players are good enough right now. I'm just going to rewire them and this is what it's going to be. And, you know, Dallas, I'll say this about Dallas. When you talk to people close to the program, they do say, hey, there's a little bit of country club here. There's definitely a little bit of, like, there's some loosey-goosey stuff around Dallas. It's not the tightest run operations, talented. You know, it's not off the rails, but it's still – there's some looseness to it. That's a thing that I think Belichick could come in and fix. Now, players wouldn't be excited about it, but I think if they knew this is it for us, we're doing this right now to get to the mountaintop, to win the Super Bowl, and – this off our back maybe that's something that could work the one thing i think you run into with bill is what happens with personnel because the cowboys have done a really good job in the draft their personnel has worked really well for the most part they've had a lot of good picks it's functional it's working well would bill come in and say i have to have that personnel control i think if that was the case i'm not sure the marriage can can ultimately happen now if Bill can come in and go you're doing a good job I'm really here just to take this set of players as long as I can have some input on the draft to take this set of players and take them um, forward. Then I think that can ultimately work. But as far as the process plays out, I think Jerry's just so shell-shocked, honestly, last night. Yeah. I, you know, he just, he's like i don't even know I, I can't believe i have to think about this right now yeah. right now
3: i i mean it's, it's charles it's funny you bring that up the guys can tell you that's what i heard in his voice we played a clip last segment and that's what it sounds like it sounds like he just yeah. i you know like what what just happened and and the weird thing about it is you know like it was bad obviously the two pick sixes it felt like that was the the game was over in the in the first half but if you've ever been a part of of these types of games where there's this dramatic upset, like it feels like it happens really fast, you know, because you walk in the yeah. stadium and you're like, all right, we're doing this and then we're doing a win and then we're doing this. And all of a sudden we're like, well, what just happened? Yeah, you guys yeah. lost. You guys, you guys, what about Dak? What, I mean, like there's all, they've been so loyal to Dak, but he wasn't good when they lost last year in the playoffs. He was bad this year against San Francisco. He was bad yesterday. He was tight. He was bad. Like, uh, like I, I don't, we're just, You're just going to keep throwing money at a guy because you're afraid to replace a guy who, when it gets to when it really matters, hasn't yet given you the type of championship-level performance you need?
4: Yeah, and I think the difficult thing for him is he had such a good regular season. Like, it was clearly this was the best season he's ever had in terms of almost every facet of his game under McCarthy. He was exquisite, but... That's, I mean, okay. So that makes him a slight upgrade over Kirk Cousins, right? Like we, we, we kill Kirk Cousins and all this stuff, but like, what's really the difference? Like, where is he going when he gets into the playoffs? What what happens when he has these opportunities? And now some people are going to look at the you know these look at the numbers and watch the game. And go, oh, geez, over four hundred yards pass. Like no, I mean this was just a. It was that first half for him. He was as out of sorts as he could possibly look until that final drive of the first half where they scored the touchdown. But um, even then again, it was sort of a, they, they were in desperation mode at that point They're in their four minute offense, like everything I I didn't understand. And I wonder if I put this more on McCarthy than Dak, I didn't understand why McCarthy early on, he kept running these like run plays, like in the middle of, of drives. And it was like leaving them in, in these third down situations where you're like, it feels too scripted. It feels too vanilla. Like we understand you want to run the football and everything, but um, maybe switch it up the next drive and and decide, you know, we're not not going to pound it all into the run. We're not going to make sure, hey, okay, we did the pass, but we want to do the run. Get away from complimentary for a drive and see how it affects Dak. Because every time I felt like they went into the more four-minute, two-minute up-tempo stuff, then it started to loosen up and Dak started to look better. And so part of me thought – Okay, how much of this is, is it shared? And D- even afterward, Dak was like, "Look, there's speculation about McCarthy's job. You Might as well put me in there too because I'm in the same boat." And I was like, "Hey, man, nobody was asking for your permission. It's <laughs> like, gonna happen anyway. <laughs> like, 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 just don't worry about it, bud. I think everybody's got it covered. Um, it's it's a fair question, particularly, you know, given that you're you're looking at a contract extension now that that." two weeks ago, we're all thinking, like, yeah, he's going to be the highest paid player in football, again. And, um, you know, that in terms of APY. And uh, to me, well, I guess not again, because Pat Mahomes had the deal prior. But I I think he's going to the top of the heap, uh, the next deal. And now I'm just like, I don't know, maybe you got to let him play it out on this one and and not – Push that contract extension through, or you got to think about it more. I still think it's harder to separate from the quarterback than it is the coach. To be honest with you, I just, I think you, if you erase the quarterback, I guess I don't know. Depends on the okay, alternative
3: so, so is. Okay, so let me just ask you again, and I know it's guessing. Who's the coach of the Cowboys next year?
4: Man, it's, uh, it's so hard to say at this point. I. Knowing, knowing how Jerry has operated at the tail end of Garrett and how he's weaned along McCarthy, you know, we've, he's been gracious with McCarthy up until this point in terms of when the failures happen. I will bet he lets McCarthy go into the last year. of his, I think, what, he's got one year left. I think he, I'll bet he goes into the last year of his deal still as coach.
3: What happens with Tua in Miami.
4: Another good question. I, I think they stick with him. Like I don't, I don't, I, I don't think you're they looking franchise at, him. What? I, I, like, yeah, I don't think you can't extend him. I, I just don't. I, the, the limitations there with him. I just don't see how you can extend him. And I, I don't want to kill him here because that playoff game was so messed up. That was such a bizarre circumstance to find yourself in. I think he had enough
3: of a stride this year. I
4: just don't know.
3: It yeah but like let me let me let me let me let me push back on that just a second i I understand you're playing in the you know one of the coldest games in the history of American football. I get it, but they wouldn't have had to do that had they won the week right. before, right. and they weren't right. and they were at home against the bills right. and he was bad i mean, list,
4: stretch.
3: Right. he's just not that good like we have four years of data that he struggles to stay healthy and when healthy like he's good to a point so you know, it's like what are we, what are we what are we doing here? Now you can. I just don't understand honestly why no one goes to a quarterback and goes like, "Hey, look, dude, we think you're a twenty million dollar year quarterback. Like, you're twenty million dollars. We'll give you twenty million dollars, or you can go play the market, or you're not going to get twenty million dollars." That's You'd what get I would. 20 d- million. Huh? He'd get twenty right. right. million
4: though. Okay, yeah, for sure. I mean, he he he. I mean, and and here's the thing too, about Tua and some more of these quarterbacks, particularly in their first like iteration of, of their careers with a franchise, I'm telling you, Jared Goff is helping them right now. I'm, I, and Baker Mayfield in some respect is helping them right now. And although I don't know that he's necessarily the future there. I mean, I think, you know, the fact that Gino became a guy that could, you know, start be a, be at least a serviceable starter in the NFL helps these guys. So, I mean, to his agent is going to say, "Hey, look, if they don't want to pay you, like it, he would say, twenty million is an absolute lowball offer. That's that's absurd. That's ridiculous. No way. Uh, let's let's go to market. And then what he'll do is he'll bring data on all these other quarterbacks. Where it's like, hey, here's a, you know, change the scenery. Let's look back early in his career. There was the concussion issues. The roster wasn't built the way it was supposed to be. You know, he got with the right coach. You saw him take a big step this year. To me, that's the." that's the way an agent would play that and that's why you're never going to see at least a guy like Tua sign a 20 million dollar a year deal. I mean, duh.
3: 2025 2025 but I'm not paying top of the close to top of the market. Okay, uh, really really quickly. Um, if the Eagles lose today is Sirianni the coach next year the Eagles.
4: I don't think so. I don't. And I and I've said this for a couple of weeks that I think that, yeah, this is a game. And I don't think it's so much like some people have heard the criticism of like, why are you basing this all on one game? It's not based on one game. It's based on the totality of what's happened this season. It's based on the number of really good high caliber head coaches. Like when have we seen this many top end head coaches, including Mike Vrabel, out there who's young, so you got the spectrum. You know, you've got the young guys, you've got the older guys who can, you know, come in and let's seize and get this done in the short window. Or you've got Vrabel, who you could hire and say, "Let's do this over the next 15 years." Um, it's. I, I think there's too much pressure on him to to make this happen. I really think when they made the change with with Matt Patricia, which was above Sirianni's head, you know that that to me suggests that that yeah, absolutely, there's major pressure on him right now. And by the way. For the people that are like, wow, how could they do it? They parted company with Doug Peterson after he won a Super Bowl for them. Now, granted, there was some separation in time, but still, like, they're not, they, they want to get it done, and it's Jeffrey Lurie down in terms of the coaching staff. So, um, yeah, I think, I think if he loses this one, the way that they just kind of fell apart over the course of the season and, and really down the stretch just looked really bad and regressed, uh, I think he's in some trouble.
3: Charles Robinson, download his podcast, Zero Blitz podcast, read his work, Yahoo Sports. You're the best, Charles. Enjoy the day of football. We'll talk next week.
4: Hey, happy birthday, my man. Thank you. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific.
3: Hey, are you traveling to one of the big conference tourneys in Nashville or Minneapolis this March? Well, you should do yourself a favor and do what I do, which is stay at Graduate Hotels. You know, Bridgestone Arena and Target Center, their, their hotels are both really close to the tournament venues, and they're obsessed with college sports just like me. Each graduate hotel is like a shrine to its hometown and the local college team, but in a good way. Lots of cool details for alumni, vintage sports throwbacks, nods to campus legends, school mascots, colors, whatever. Remember, you can book today, and here's how you do so. 30% off with the promo code DOUG at graduatehotels.com.
0: Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at Meta.com slash Metaverse Impact.
6: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern. Only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
3: It's the Doug Outleap Show on Fox Sports Radio. Fresh and so clean, clean. We got a little love and hate coming up for you next hour. Um, Jim Harbaugh is with the Chargers. Got to talk about that. Plus, our guy Kerry Rhodes is going to join us. He played for the Jets, played for the Cardinals. Um, it's a Fox Sports rated contributor. Works with Dan Byer a ton, so we'll ask him about what went so wrong for the for the Cowboys. But before we get to that, let's get to a game.
6: game time!
3: This is game time.
6: It's game time
1: on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Dan or what's the game today? The game today is... Big deal, little deal, no deal. Big big deal, little deal, or no deal that C.J. Stroud shredded the Browns this past Saturday.
3: Uh, That's a big deal. Rookie quarterback, and that's a very good defensive front. uh, Shredding the Browns in his first playoff game, like C.J. Stroud continues to impress.
1: Quite a dominant performance by the uh, Texans defense, also stepping up. And really, when you look at the Browns' season, not only was it the quarterback situation that was in flux, you didn't have Nick Chubb, they lost like eight offensive tackles this year. Like, it was crazy on some of the injuries they had across the offensive line. So, uh, yeah, that nice run by the Browns inevitably was going to come to an end, and it did Saturday. All right, big deal, little deal or no deal, on the apparent no-call of pass interference... On the Puka Nakua third-down play late in last night's game for the Rams in Detroit,
3: that was a big deal. I mean, it was pretty blatant. I, I know in the playoffs they let a lot of things go. It's very, much more physical, and you can't call every penalty. Nobody wants to see all that stuff. But that—that that was pretty egregious. Uh,
1: I thought it was. I—I I know you see a guy open, and you're gonna throw it to him. But in that scenario, the Rams just needed five or ten yards to be in field goal range. Sure. And four minutes left in that spot. I know Nakua was great throughout the game, but I don't know why you just don't try to get into field goal range in that scenario. I know both teams had issues with kickers, and maybe, you know, Brett Maher wasn't the guy that they wanted to take that long kick, but still, 52, 53, 54 yards indoors, chance to take the lead in the wild card game. I think you do it because they punted and never got it back. So, I didn't love the play call. That's why I'm not, I'm not as, up as up in arms as others are about the call. All right, big deal, little deal, or no deal. That Tyree Kill quote tweeted the highlight of him getting roughed up by Legereus Sneed at the line of scrimmage by saying, quote, jammed my A to Cancun, end
3: quote. I thought that was awesome. Yes. I, I thought that was amazing. And he was He was right. He was, he was right, but like the, the self-deprecatingness of, uh, of Tyreek Hill, you know, admitting that he got smashed in that play by Sneed was awesome. Yeah. It was actually really enjoyable. I saw it. I was like, Tyreek Hill really put that out there? Like, he did. And it's exactly what happened. And,
1: and the Cancun reference yes. ending their season. Yes. Uh, big deal, little deal, or no deal that Max Crosby would want out of Las Vegas
3: if Antonio Pierce isn't the head coach. Um, I think it's no big deal. I do. I I think there's a very good chance Antonio Pierce they keep they got an interim G, a GM, a inter, you know, and Pierce to the interim I, I think there's a pretty good chance that they roll roll back with those guys. Um, but the and and look, God bless them. I wish more players would do that. You know, coach stays, I I stay. Coach goes, I go. It's it's called the Jimmy Chitwood. But do I think Max Crosby's really going to leave or not play? Like, I do not, not for one second.
1: All right. Big deal, little deal, or no deal that Jed Fish is the new head football coach at Washington.
3: Well, it's a big deal, you know, because he went on several shows and said he has no interest in leaving Arizona, and then he left Arizona. Now, things change, offers change, contracts change, but, uh, yeah, it's a big thing. And look, they flipped that program in one year. You know, he was there three years, but really it was this year they flipped that program. So, it's pretty interesting.
1: I just could not get over the Washington fans being so harsh on Caelan DeBoer. I just, I, he just took you to a national championship game. Alabama came open. I, I mean, what are you going to do? It's, nothing. like, I I just like the, the hatred and, and the, you know, the traitor and he's not loyal is garbage. Do you know, they, should Jed Fish have done that to Arizona? You know, Washington? Ridiculous. Anyway, that's game time
4: game, huh? Game time. This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show.
3: I agree with you. I do. All right, coming next on the Doug Gottlieb Show, live from the com studios. What'd you love from the weekend? What'd you hate? We'll share with you our thoughts next on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio.
6: Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
3: Traveling for one of the big conference tourneys in Nashville or Minneapolis this March? Do yourself a favor. Stay at Graduate Hotels, Bridgestone Arena Target Center, Their hotels are close to both tournament venues. So why would you stay anywhere else? I love staying at the Nashville location and I'll be at the Minneapolis location for the Big Ten Championship. And if you're one of my listeners, you can save 30% off with the promo code Doug. That's Doug, D-O-U-G. Good at any Graduate Hotels location up to 30% off. How do you do it? Really simple. Book today at graduatehotels.com.
2: Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years,
3: have a plan and know
2: the game.